Hello and welcome to the Urban Fetishist. I'm your host Tim. It's the end of 2021 and the Netherlands went into another lockdown. So instead of talking about fetish and kinks in the Netherlands, we will go across the ocean to South America and talk with the current Mr. Letter Brazil, Gabriel. Hello Gabriel, how are you? Hello Tim, I'm good. Thank you for inviting me for, for this episode. I'm, I'm really honored to, to talk to you. Oh, it's no problem, you know, the Netherlands is in a full lockdown, so nothing is happening. And I, I thought it would be, would be nice, you know, to have a proper episode of the Urban Fetishist, but across the ocean, literally, because you're yeah. in Brazil. Um, yeah. So, can you tell me, what is the fetish and king scene like in Brazil? As you know, I'm Mr. Leather Brazil 2019, and I, I, I have been Mr. Leather during the COVID times, which is terrible, but, <laughs> but it's also <laughs> a special moment to, to support my community. And we do have, we are starting to grow a, a really uh, strong community, leather community and fetish community here in Brazil. It all started in 2017 with the first Mr. Leather that was uh, Don Barbudo, which has um, an amazing site. Everyone that wants to follow him, uh, search for Don Barbudo uh, online. He has an amazing site. Mm -hmm. And it all started with uh, some parties at Eagle. Eagle, Sao Paulo. Uh, Eagle has around five years in Brazil. And it started with the leather parties here in Brazil, uh, promoting the fetish to to all the vanilla community, all the LGBT, and then everyone started to see how wonderful it was to, to take part of that. And then we started having several events here in Brazil. Uh, we started with the leather calendar, the first one made in Brazil uh, in 2000. 17 if i'm not mistaken yeah which made everyone interested in in leather in how the community worked and then we started having some some puppies here in brazil some uh some dogs and and some some uh puppy play here some, some yeah which is really growing right now we have like lots of famous dogs in brazil and and so that evolved in a series of events. We are a, a tropical country, as you know, so it's really hot in Brazil. To wear leather in Brazil, it's a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> so the best, the best events are the ones that are made uh, outside of the bars, where you have uh, really good uh, air and it's it's uh, uh, it's windy, and you can really enjoy with if you're with your friends. So the major event here in Brazil is called Leather na Rua, that it's translated to Leather in the Street, yeah. where all the community, all the fetish community gets together in the gay street of Sao Paulo and just talk and, and uh, it's free to, to have some beers and to to be together. Uh, it, so it's like that the... happened before COVID, of course. <laughs> It's like the Brazilian version of Folsom. It's like a street full of fetish and kink. People can, you know, it's like wear their leather, wear their rubber, wish, wear their clothes. I wish. <laughs> I wish it was something like that. No? It's just a gathering. Oh, ah, okay. No, it's not. 
we really uh, we are starting to to break barriers here in Brazil. And this Latin Rua is just a get together and just to talk and to have beer. It's nothing like Falson. Uh, but it works for us because many of, Brazil, of the Brazilians in Sao Paulo and in other states are just starting to, to understand the fetish. So they, they need to start slow. They need just to have their first contact with the leather community or with the puppy community and just starting to, yeah. to, to see what it's all about. But it's nothing like false. We do have some parties that are like false, but are, are closed parties here. Yeah, okay. Well... Like you said, you only started like five years ago, well, barely five years ago, because it was still in 2021. But it is amazing what you have reached out so far, of course. Um, myself, I've been to Sao Paulo a couple of months ago as well, and I could see what uh, the eagle is like. And it's, like you said, it's small, but it's growing. And it's, that I see people in leather walking around is absolutely amazing. And that the puppy play trend it's also coming to brazil is beautiful to see um do you see any other maybe fetishes or kings that might grow in the next couple of years uh, so maybe abdl uh horseplay or that kind of stuff well uh, i think abdl is, is a really closed community because of, of all the prejudice around it mm -hmm. uh, so i don't think it's going to grow uh, it's more going to be a little more open because people are losing their fear of showing their fetish. Uh, there is still a lot of prejudice inside the fetish community as well for ABDL. Um, I think horseplay is, is a, a, a really segmented uh, desire here in Brazil. Most, most of our, our puppies here are dogs yeah. because it's the most common one. And we do have, have some famous horse play here uh, in Brazil, especially Equina Fleur, that it's a major uh, uh, horse uh, uh, girl here in Brazil. And I don't see other fetish as, as wild as uh, leather, but we do have a, a Mr. Rubber here, that it's uh, Mestre Marcos, which is a great friend and an important person in the community as well. And I see rubber growing in Brazil, especially because it's uh, it's more sexy in the terms of, of nakedness than leather. So people, it, it, it tends to embrace uh, rubber a lot more than leather. Yeah. For one, because it's, it's a little bit cheaper than leather. Leather is so expensive for us in Brazil. And <laughs> I think in general for everyone. <laughs> it's easier to, to, to dress yourself in, in rubber with only one piece. You don't need many accessories to to be in full rubber as opposed to full full leather. Well, I think uh, in the hot weather. The, the leather community here in Brazil is older than five years ago. We do have our pioneers here, uh -huh. but it's, it's starting to be more popular five from five years from now. So 2017 forward was one of the greatest moments for the leather community in Brazil. Yeah, I can understand also that in Brazil maybe there is less clothing to be worn as a leather man because mm. the temperatures can be quite hot over there, so I uh, expect more shorts, maybe some boots, you yes. better know, but nothing like a full leather man like Tom of Fiddle and Stell. Um... <laughs> we call it 
slut ladder. <laughs> slut ladder, easy access. <laughs> <laughs> Which is more adequate for, for the, our climate. And it, it's not that I don't love the ladder. I do love ladder, but during the 40 degrees Celsius summer in Brazil, it's really quite impossible to feel sexy under the sun or something like that. So when you do have like some day uh, ladder uh, event here in Brazil, we do prefer some some slightly <laughs> more tropical leather clothes. I do have uh, several uh, short shorts in leather, or maybe some jock straps and and just uh, uh, harness, which is which is more adequate for for summer in Brazil or for spring in Brazil, and even for autumn in Brazil. Yeah. <laughs> the, the leather, the the full leather, is just for for the winter times. So Brazil is a massive country. It's enormous compared, especially to the Netherlands. I think only the Netherlands fit in the state of Sao Paulo like what three or four times, like that. It, oh, I don't have this, this comparison, but something like that. Yeah. So um, I know that currently a lot of the fetish and kink is into the big cities like uh, Rio and Sao Paulo. But are there other cities as well where they have like active communities, maybe more in the north or in the south, in the west, in the center? Because, you know, Rio and Sao Paulo yeah. are very southeast. I actually don't know the, the community in Rio. They do have lots of fetishes there, but more uh, sparse. Like, they don't have an official event in Rio right now. The cities that are growing is uh, are Curitiba, in the south of Brazil, yeah, they have a really large leather community there, and Belo Horizonte in the southeast of Brazil. And Sao Paulo, of course, is the first one because it's the most important economic center in Brazil. I do know that Brasilia also have a, a few parties as well, but I've never been there, unfortunately, because of COVID. Mm. Uh, but I've been to the parties in Sao Paulo and in, in Belo Horizonte in Curitiba, and those three cities are the best ones to be for the fetish okay. overall. Can you, can you explain me what are the similarities and differences between those communities? Because I can imagine that sure. um, Curitiba is more south, so it is a little bit colder climate, so maybe they wear a little bit more leather than in Belo yes. Horizonte and Sao Paulo. Yeah, um, I, I might say a, a few stereotypes from the cities, <laughs> but that 
protect itself and like to to be the only to have their own type of of, of parties and and to have their own voice in the BDSM community in Brazil. So they are constructing their own kinds of parties, also mixed with uh, straight, lesbian, gay, bi, which is unique in Brazil. Brazil yes. We have, in Sao Paulo, we have like really segmented parties, but Belo Horizonte is starting to, to uh, close this bar barrier uh, between uh, labels of parties. Mm. So the parties there are really mixed and they are trying to construct their own voice in new music, in uh, style, and they are creating their own clothes, which is amazing. They have a really important brand there, which is uh, supplying the, the entire public community in Brazil. Wow. Uh, they are. They, they have the best masks, and they are exclusive masks, uh, handmade, one by one, especially for the customer. So we are starting to see different kinds of, of puppy play in Brazil. We have rabbit masks and pig masks, which mm -hmm. is really good for the pig community as well. And I've seen bear masks from, from Belo Horizonte as well. They just opened a new store there uh, in a really traditional point. So they are trying to construct the unique voice to say we are exclusive here in Belo Horizonte and you are going to recognize us um, Wherever you are, you know that it's the BDSM from Belo Horizonte. Wow. And Sao Paulo is just a mega, mega city, and yeah. we do have lots of, of influences from abroad, and we are uh, we are not actually looking for our own voices, but actually trying to fit ourselves in the international community. You must have seen the, the Mr. Leather movie, which it's kind of, uh, it's a movie that shows how the leather community here in Brazil, in Sao Paulo works yeah. a lot. It's... focused on the international um, brands and then we are looking for uh, this kind of, of uh, um, how can I say, this kind of positive effect by saying that they are international, something like that. Yeah, they want to open up for other, uh, other countries as well to say it's like, look, we have a community here in Sao Paulo as well, you're welcome to visit. Meanwhile, well, Belo Horizonte is more like, look, this is us. You're welcome, but this is our identity, yes. and I think it's absolutely yes. beautiful that you have that, like in in a massive country as in Brazil, because it's very diverse as well. But how would you say the overall acceptances of like the um, BDSM communities in Brazil? Um, all the fetish here in Brazil, they are really open to to new members, even if you are not. When I started in the leather community, I, I must say I felt I didn't say I didn't feel welcome because I didn't have my my leather. But I think with the arrival of new members and not the traditional ones, we started to see that it was time for us to open to to the members that were not yet integrated in the in the fetish community. So now it's really open and we are welcoming everyone and whenever you go to an event even if in Curitiba or in Sao Paulo or in Belo Horizonte you are going to to make new friends and you are not going to be to be judged by the, the amount of of, um, of of material you have if, if it's rubber or of leather any kind of accessory you're not going to be judged if you're not in the dress code unless it's a really 
strict uh, dress code party, of course. You're not mm -hmm. going to enter in a full leather party if you're not full leathered. But all the other events, and most of them, that doesn't demand uh, uh, an accessory or something like that. It's a really new community, so we have to embrace newcomers. That's really great, and I think that's very progressive as well. So, what are like some of the places that people can go to? You know, you mentioned the Eagle Sao Paulo earlier as well. Are there like any other bars or parties when people can go to? There are lots of other bars here uh, in Sao Paulo, especially. Mm -hmm. But the, the 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 ones that are growing are not the bars or, or the clubs, but the the parties that can happen in different places. The most important one for fetish in Brazil is Brutus, that is actually going to have uh, a new edition on the on January the first, the, the first one from from 2022, and it's the the party where all the leather community is present, also all the fetish community is present, and it's not really a, a major. Um, how can I say? It's not only for for performers or for uh, for S and M or something like that. It's really a sex party uh, where people go with their fetish and show their clothes and show their almost anything is possible. But it's it's really a club party, not not only an S and M party. And it has the best DJs in Brazil. It has the best music. The best. It's it's happening in a place that it's in downtown it, it's a really abandoned uh, museum in brazil which they, they make this downtown this where vibe, this, this outsider vibe sorry downtown where downtown sao paulo downtown sao paulo okay in luz. yeah downtown sao paulo it's, luz. it's called casa da luz house of of the light light luz it's light in portuguese and it's a uh, neighborhood here in brazil that is really poor and full with crack uh, in, but they are trying to reconstruct this 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 neighborhood and these parties are starting to grow on these locations but trying to renew the, the downtown Sao Paulo. Okay, so Brody's like it in works. Okay. So Brody's is like in all gender party, all fetish party, everyone is welcome. Everyone is welcome but it's really a gay party. I, I can't say it's a mixed party in Sao Paulo because most of, of the participants are either uh, gay or either uh, trans men, but really in, in people that are interested in, in the, the male gender. But right. we do have a few women as, as well, but not, not, not as many to say it's a mixed party. All right. Well, that's quite interesting. So you, the Brutus one, uh, on any others one, um, you know, when you, I see on your uh, Instagram, um, Don Papai, I see you promoting uh, Brutus, but also another one. It's called uh, Masculidade. Am I pronouncing it right? Oh, Masculidade is, yeah, Masculidade is not a party. Oh. It's actually our official official photographers here in Brazil. Uh, they, they, they are Ronaldo Dorizetti and Marcio Matos. They are a couple, a, a married couple here, uh, specialized in, in shooting uh, men. They are special, specialists in shooting men in Brazil and to promote the, the men beauty in all its shapes and all its formats. And they are the official photographers for, for the fetish community in Brazil. They are my sponsors and all the pictures I, I put on my Instagram are basically made by them. Yeah. I love them and they love me. 
it's absolutely so, amazing to see what kind of photos they make. Try yeah. to follow them. It's, yeah, you're going to like it. They, they shoot every kind of parties, every kind of, of man here in Brazil. And their Instagram is just one of the, the most wanted Instagrams in Brazil for fetish and for men. And they are actually the ones that shoot the, the calendar, the first first letter calendar in brazil all right so uh people are interested into the fetish clothing that kind of stuff or into that kind of stuff they can follow masculidade on instagram masculicidade yes masculicidade okay yeah. so you mentioned a calendar that was made in 2017 oh. is there yeah. another one on the way for people that are interested into it I think other ones just came, but I don't know 2022 how it's going to be. It's it's like we are talking right now about the fetish, but everything is still on the air. We don't know how the the mm. the, the, the pandemic will will grow or will stop. Also, so it's difficult for us to make plans. I'm making plans to go to Chicago mm -hmm. for International Mister Leather in, in May. But I am still worried because it's the, the they already uh, postponed it two times during two years, and it's really expensive for for keeping trying to to buy your ticket and to yeah. and to put your reservation. So I can't say there is going to be another calendar, but I hope so because it was so much fun to make. <laughs> I can imagine. Well, you can always talk with the photographers and see like, hey, I need you take it to. Um... To the international international Mr. Letter election because they got postponed again because of COVID. What else? COVID yes. is ruining everyone's plans this year and next year, of course, as well. Uh, the Netherlands is in lockdown till at least half of January. So um, yeah, there's uh, not a lot of. We're still not in lockdown, but I I I have a, a sense that Omicron is not going to leave us. For, for quite some time now. <laughs> yeah, I think the same. I think and the we same. We have influenza here as well. Influenza is also a big thing in Sao Paulo right now. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, off topic. <laughs> it's a little bit of a topic. Okay, well, uh, I'll just. Maybe I'll keep it in, maybe I'll cut it out. I don't know. Um, <laughs> anyway, but keeping on the trend of COVID, you know, it's like in March 2020, everyone went into lockdown. The whole world went like, ah, oh, there's a yes. pandemic, there's a new virus. Um, stores closed down, everything shut down. So including the bars, the clubs, the parties. What happened with the fetish community in Brazil? Did it shut down as well? Did it move to different places? Did it have like secret parties or did it go oh. online? Can you tell me a bit about that? Well, 2020 and 2021 were years where the community got together so we started with the online parties, which were big in Brazil for, for those two years. Brutus was online and we had lot, lots of other parties like bigger. And people would just go from their homes, put their best dress or their no dress at all and just show off for the camera. And uh, it, it was really interesting to see how, how we managed. But we didn't have any parties or anything happening on those two years in respect of the Brazilian victims, which were a lot. Mm. And, and I think it was important for us to, to keep our distance. And also because uh, no one was really in, in, in a place where they could 
continue with their fetish because they, they needed some space for their head space for their uh, mental health and but the only online parties really helped us it was amazing to to get in, in touch with my friends even by distance and to see all the, the djs and to to have at least a few beers with them even if apart and it was sexy i mean i like i like to expose myself online and my friends call me a, a, a photo whore because <laughs> 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 I'm always up to anything that that's going to to be a photo shoot or to to photograph something. And me and my husband really enjoyed being together. At least we could be together during the pandemic because we live together and, and, yeah. and to have sex online and and to talk to other people having sex online as well. It, it made us. It, it gave us a little bit of normality like something that we would do on the weekend and we could, couldn't do because we were on lockdown we would do it online with our friends and with our our uh, general partners here sexual partners in the parties so the online parties they are going to be missed especially i i had i, I have been talking to my um i don't know in, in english how you say but in brazil it's people with disabilities, uh, mm -hmm. and they were saying that for them, the online parties were uh, a, a good escape valve because they were able to, to have access to the, the, the entire party without any problems with uh, access, like no stairs and uh, yeah, it's hard to, to have uh, in Brazil some clubs here that are Entirely accessible for mm. people with disabilities, especially people in, in wheelchairs or people uh, with uh, difficult uh, to to with low vision, something like that. Mm. And my, my friends that they, they say that they said that the online parties were really accessible for them. They could enjoy the party together with everyone. So those parties are going to be missed. Yeah, I can imagine. It surprises me a little bit that um, that the community, that most likely uh, the people in Brazil and the Brazilian government especially don't have like proper uh, rules, laws, standards for such kind of stuff. Because in the Netherlands it is required for buildings to be accessible for uh, most people. Especially clubs yes. and stuff uh, like that. So I think that's a it's a bit weird, but yeah, but it's, it is, but it's off topic. There are laws, but they are not respected. And plus, we have the worst government of all time. So. <laughs> <laughs> I I have to cut it out. No no politics. No politics. Sorry, no politics. <laughs> This is not politics. This is <laughs> these are facts. <laughs> <laughs> this is common knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> there are facts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I saw. But it, it is, um, yeah, a little bit of talk. But when I was in Brazil, you know, like I, I went to Sao Paulo, Curitiba, and Parati. It was really weird to see that there is so much difference um, in classes. Almost, it's like. It's like you have like the, the, the rich people, the, the, the poor people and the in-betweens. And there there is a huge divide in that in the whole country of, well, the yes. only small part that I saw in like Sao Paulo, of course, yes. is 
a prime example of that in Rio de Janeiro as well because of the um, favelas and that kind of stuff. But there are no fetish yeah, parties over there. It's a country that still needs to work their, their, um, their, their class division and also it's a really racist country. Yes, yes. we do have lots of, of, of racism here in Brazil. It's really hard for for the black community to 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 be in their right place here to, to their the place of of, of uh, merit because the racism just stops them for for access from accessing uh, those better uh, positions and also in, in the fetish community this is really a, a really big problem for us we are trying to to combat racism with all our our strengths uh, which is still common. You mm. can you can still see people being racist and and like not apologizing for that even in public or in in private. But it's still, uh, it, it's it's needed from and it's important for for us that we are the representatives of the of the community to to speak up against that because we are after all Latinos and, and yes uh, because we do have a large black community in Brazil which must be respected but you of know the, course, I, the weird thing is is that like the um, Brazil is a country itself it's like everyone is like oh yeah Brazil is a very inclusive country there's no racism here I think that's a very famous quote from your current president that he said it's like oh racism doesn't exist in uh, Brazil it, yeah. I, <sighs> I've seen it myself. We still have one more year. I know you don't like to talk politics, but we still have one more year with them, with him, and we are hoping that things are going to get better after that. <laughs> well, it's fine. For all the Brazilian people that listen, um, if you don't like Bolsonaro, vote for someone else. And if you do, what happened? I, I don't think Bolsonaro will win. I mean, there's no way. I mean, I, I say it's not politics because it, it's such a. Our president have so many dumb ideas that it's not even worth it discussing. <laughs> yeah. That the world is playing. He's the, he doesn't keep the world is round and and all the, the bullshit that we see. Yeah. So the most. I, I mean, to, to trash Trump and to trash Bolsonaro is not politics. It's just common sense. <laughs> the, I love it when he said it's like uh, when you take this is about uh, the the COVID vaccination is he said is when you take the vaccine it will give you crocodile skin and the first thing that went to my mind is like well i don't have to wear my leather leather gear again because my whole skin is already full leather then anyway let's go back to the um fetish uh part yeah well, thank you so much for talking with me about the, the stuff in brazil and it's absolutely amazing because i learned a lot of new stuff myself as well um but i want to talk about you personally Good, good. I, 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 I want to know about Dom. So let's talk about uh, Dom Papai. You, that's the the name that you that you give yourself yes. as your as your fetish yes. person so what kind of fetish and kings do you personate through dom papai you know of course the you're the mr leather brazil so that's one of them do you yeah. have any yes. others yeah i have all of them 
rubber, <laughs> puppy play. Oh, just name it. I'll try it once. Don uh, papai means in, in Portuguese, it's daddy don in Portuguese. It's literally daddy don in Portuguese, which is one character from the ABDL community or even from age regression, which is the, the actual daddy and the caregiver for for boys and more for girls in the case of straight daddy dons. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's actually, it started as a joke and we were talking about our, our secret fetishes amongst friends. And, and so I started saying that I, I was an ABTL uh, participant and no one, no one, knew that at the time uh, it was kind of my secret fetish and they started saying that i should open myself for for my fetishes and not to hide from anyone it was important for me i wasn't mr leather at the time but it was important for me as a character from the the gay community in brazil uh, uh, to show my fetish without shame because if i was ashamed of my fetish you can imagine that people that didn't have the same representation than I did at the time, how would they feel? So I, mm -hmm. I needed for them to to show myself up. Um, before I go, I go on just to 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 make sure uh, to, to to make something clear. I, I I am the director, one of the directors of the Brazilian LGBT uh, tourism chamber here. Brazil. Okay. So that that's why I had a, a little bit of uh, of knowledge about the community in Brazil, and I, I was known. Love and that. also, I, I I did the the PR for Eagle São Paulo when they started, which gave me also a little bit more of of a uh, fame here in Brazil in the community. I mm -hmm. was known because of my work with the community, and I do with I do have with my husband the first LGBT chorus in Brazil. Which is Coral Camarão LGBT do Brasil. So I had I had a little bit of of knowledge about the community and they all knew me. So they started to say that we should open our fetish because we had to be the pioneers. If if it weren't us, who would do it? Who would be the person to to speak up for ABDL community? Mm. Although we do have a strong community in Brazil, it's important for all of us who can be open about it to do it. So we started to, to talk about names, and I said that I always like to be called Papai during sex, which is Daddy during yeah. sex. And they, they decided, we decided together that Don Papai was a good name, and I registered right away on Instagram. Instagram and now, yeah, and I, I, it was a, a really important uh, moment for me because I was finally open. My husband knew about my, my fetish, but mm. no one else did. So I was finally in the open. And I was showing my face without fear and showing my ladder as well. So I started to be more active in the fetish community when I started Don Papai. I was also I was already going to the parties, but to talk with people to for them to know who I was. Yeah, and was how real from that moment on. How did people react to your uh, second, third coming out, but this time as Don Papai? <laughs> well, of course, you know, it's like people came out, come out as a fetish 
person. It's like, you know, everyone has opinions. Most of them are good and some of them they might not understand uh, what you mean. Um, no, I know, but I, I mean, I really didn't pay attention to the, the other people's reaction. I think it's part of being a dumb also to, I was kidding about being self-centered, but it's part of being a dumb just to worry about yourself. And yeah, because you, you are dominating the subject on that mm. moment and all that matters is you and no one else. And this is a pretty big uh, part of, of the, the DNS uh, <laughs> relationship. Mm. So I really didn't care of what other people thought. And I was just proving this to myself. I mean, this is who I am. And if you don't like it, <laughs> go go, go suck my dick. <laughs> Yeah. People started following. I have more followers in my fetish account than in my regular account on Instagram. I, I, yeah. fo I follow your fetish account, but I don't know about your personal account. <laughs> <laughs> How long do we have known each other for like three years? <laughs> four? Four? Three, four years? Something like I that. Stopped using my, I stopped using my vanilla account because, I mean, uh, the, the fetish me is really who I am. Without <laughs> Yeah. Without any, without any, any, without hiding anything mm. from anyone. This is who I like to be. Don Papa is who I like to be. And, and I think I, I feel comfortable. comfortable yeah. Being. And I think that's great about the fetish community in general. It's like uh, once people find out that they have a certain fetish or kink, you know, it's like they start to accept it. And in the beginning, uh, so this is a, a little bit of a personal story for me. I was very um, afraid in the beginning of oh, what might other people think that I like leather or that I like to do S&M, you know, that kind of stuff. And once you once you grow into the community, you get to learn it's like, oh, more people have similar um, interests and have the same story and you should just don't really give a fuck because you are supposed to be the one to have fun with it, you know. And for some people, yeah, and what you have, especially in the Netherlands, Dutch people can be really opinionated, you know, they just give you their opinion about everything. It doesn't even matter what time of the day it's like, if they don't agree with you, they will let you know. And that can be quite difficult for a lot of people that uh, get started into the fetish and the kink, especially if they are younger. Uh, for myself, I was... I think maybe 23, 24, when I got into the community. Uh, yeah, it was, it was a little bit difficult, but now these days I'm like, yeah, this is me. I like this. I'm, I'm gonna wear my leather. I, I came out of the closet when I was 16. That was hard. Uh, with a, a 16, a teenager head and a teenager. Especially in a, in a Christian, a, in a Catholic yeah. country like Brazil, I think it's. Um, yeah, so difficult. That was it. Once I was out of the closet, nothing else mattered. If people don't like me, I just don't don't deal with that people. I mean, like, I will be surrounded. Uh, there is a, a phrases of Frida Kahlo that it's really sad here in Brazil that where where there is no love, you shouldn't uh, wait for long. I you should just be where there is love. Yeah, it's from Frida Kahlo. Where is no love, don't take long. 
and there is a lot of love in Brazil, especially in the dark room of the Eagle in Sao Paulo. <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful. But it's fun. I mean, I like living like that. I like I like this freedom that the gay community have. Yeah. On the the sexual. I mean, I, I would hate to be straight and not be able to to fuck my friends. Like. If a person is my friend and I like that person, so I, I want to fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't you have you share with people you like? Yeah. Didn't you have any problems in the beginning with it? Was like, uh, you know, it's fine, because you know, of course, as a gay person, you, especially after coming out, you still have like friends that are straight or. Um, I don't have straight friends. <laughs> I don't have. I, I gave up on straight friends like a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, I, I can understand. All my I can understand. Yeah, I can understand. Or, or maybe if they are straight, they are at least friends or, or with a partner, a trans partner. Or they can be like bisexuals and mm. living a straight life. But I mean, I really, I really don't have straight friends in my life right now. Except from the ones that from they are from my work, which are not friends actually. It's like co-workers. Work buddies. And, yeah, co-workers. And you go out with them just to, to check that... that that case, but I mean, I really, really don't have straight friends. All my friends are gay. <laughs> yeah, I have some um, straight friends, but I feel the most connected with uh, like-minded people. I think that's why we are good friends as well as like we, when we talk about stuff, it's always about some that kind of stuff. And I feel comfortable with it as well, because I know that, um, uh, how do I say this? Let me think about it. You are trying to look for one straight friend. Like, are you trying to define this relationship or just remember how your straight relationship is? Your straight friend relationship. My straight friend with my my straight relationship. My my relationship <laughs> with my straight friends is quite straight actually it's like we're just friends and we come together and we have a drink and we talk about you know like adult stuff money economics weather covid that kind of stuff and you know we oh my God, that's so boring. i know <laughs> you know and when i when i'm with my um with my rainbow family friends uh, you know it's like i think that's a more term that's more inclusive in, uh, or you can just say non-straight friends, however you want to call it. I feel more comfortable with them to talk about anything, you know, like sex, fetish, kink, because they have experienced that as well. And I see that a lot of straight people are uh, like stuck in a kind of mold. It's like, oh, I'm straight. This is who I am. This is what I have to do. Yeah. Meanwhile, I've met people that do the weirdest things like I have friends that are in slings every week I'm not talking the one in the circus uh, I have friends that are very adventurous not only in sex but in other stuff as well and I don't see a lot of straight people do that and I think that is just a waste of time it's their loss yeah it's their loss yeah it would, the world would be better if, if people would just uh, give up on the idea that sex is a bad thing sex is good it's something you have to 
to you, you do to have fun and, and to connect with others. I think sex is good. Why, why not make it with your friends or I mean you can have a straight relationship or, or a, a monogamic relationship. I don't I don't mind about that. I mean it's your choice. But you have to, to talk about sex more freely and yes. and to start to understand that it's not it, it was not made to be taboo. It's made to be a common thing. It's no, just... I think people are really... Uh, what are, yeah. I think like people try to put on labels on all different types of relationships. Yes. And I think just like sexuality and gender, it is more fluid. And of course, maybe that's more from, mm -hmm. um, from these times that we currently live in. Is that we allow ourselves to explore more with it. You know, you have... If we... Put the labels you know you have your relationship with your partner you got your relationship with your friend with your friends um you got your relationship with um god your co-workers um you know yeah. very different kinds but they are all labeled to fit within a certain type of box you know like if you have friends that you like a lot but are sexually attracted to as well and if it's the other way around as well why hold yourself back by a label if you want to have a good time with each other, you know? It's like, as long as yes. it, it doesn't um, hurt anybody. Time, yeah. Mind, yeah. For a long time, society in Brazil, and, and even myself, I had in mind that you weren't supposed to, to have sex with your friends because you're going to ruin the, the friendship or something like that. And this is just bullshit. I mean, you can have drinks with them, you can... I don't know, throw up in their homes or <laughs> pass out in their homes, but you can have sex with your friends because you're going to ruin friendship. Yeah. What kind of friendship is ruined? It's, it's like, I understand sex is really connected with love and with relationship. Yeah. And I do have a, a, a monogamic relationship with my, 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 my husband. Mm -hmm. I mean, we only love each other. It's not a polyamorous relationship. It's a, a, a monoamorous relationship. I don't know how you all that but i mean we do have sex with other people because we do like sex with other people and, and we do we make new friends having sex with them but we keep going on our relationship because we love each other and we are married and we chose it to be together so that's it that, that's my vision of the world and, and i mean if people don't agree with me or they're trying to make me look like look bad because i'm free with myself and free with my choices I just, I just don't live with that person, as I told before. I mean, I don't need to, to be good to anyone or, or to everyone. No. I just need to, to have my, my friends around me and people that like me and people that will respect my decisions yeah. as I respect theirs. The other ones that doesn't matter for me. I, as I, long I as everyone involved is happy, that's yeah. all that should matter. That's, that's how I see it anyway. I see it exactly like that as well. Yeah. I look, I look at at our relationship. We met at Pride a couple of years ago. We had a good time. Look at where we are right now. I'm in the Netherlands. You're in Brazil. And we're making this beautiful episode for the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, it's... I'm... Um, um, it's pleasantly, I'm pleasantly surprised to see that our 
are more people like you, you know, it's like they're more fluid about things. Because what you see in the media is only like, it's like, you have to get married, get kids, oh, yeah. get a house, that kind of stuff. And uh, that's a little bit boring in my opinion. It's like, dude. I agree. And I think COVID brought in us this, uh, this starting, this, um, this light saying that you should enjoy your life the way you want, not the way other people want, because life may, may end faster than you think. Yeah, that that was something that just showed everyone. Okay, follow your dreams. Go after what makes you happy, because things are are thinner than you think. Things can go uh, faster than you than you know, and nothing is safe in this world. So no. just go there, enjoy your life, be kind to others, which is really important right now. That is the most be important. Kind to yeah, feelings and and go on being happy. Yeah. What I also see is like a lot of people, they they don't understand the other type of um, relationship that exists. Um, it, it, for, you know, there are, of course, boundaries in the type of relationship that are, they should be socially be socially acceptable as well. Because uh, both parties have to agree. And sometimes you don't you you don't always see that in uh, our type of relationship. It's not like someone is either getting hurt by something what the other does. You know, like if you're both into an open relationship and the other one is always, I don't know, yes. fucking like a bunny in yes. in the clubs, and the other person is always sitting at home and you know wondering is like, what's going on? Okay. Then then talk with your partner yeah. about it. But if you're not accepting of our relationship because you don't understand, I don't understand Korean, but I accept it as a language. Okay. It is, you know, it's like learn about it, go online. It's like. It, but I mean, uh, also, also, why do people have to understand my relationship? I, I don't really care if they don't understand. It's between me and my husband, and if people don't like it. As you, as yeah, but maybe they are curious about. <laughs> maybe they are curious about it. They want to know about it. You know, it's like it's. it's I mean, if you want to know about it, you don't need to 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 have an opinion about it. Just know oh. about it. But it's my relationship. It's not yours. It's not affecting your life. I don't understand this. No, 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 no. To 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 accept or not accept something or to have an opinion about something. Yeah. I mean, if it's not like your relationship, it's just. Other relationship that does don't have a relationship. It doesn't involve you. Yeah. What it's good in my relationship, what I like, it's the first one that it, it, this is my first relationship, and of course the last one because it's going to last forever. And it's, it's yeah, I'm married. <laughs> it's the first one that I, I'm absolutely true to my husband. I have nothing to hide from him. Um, if we have sex with other person of want to do something i don't need to hide it from my friend mm. from my 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 husband sorry um i don't i don't i don't need to hide from him anything uh just because i mean if he says no it's no and period and i, I will not question his decision no. if he says i don't want you with that person or i don't want you to do that i'm not going to question 
uh, I love him, he loves me, and we are together for a long time and we're going to keep it together. And I trust him completely and he trusts me completely. So there's no need for me to, to lie to him about anything, which is good because then we can actually put aside the jealousy, put aside all the, the bad thoughts in our mind and just be truthful to each other. Yeah, and I think that's an absolutely beautiful relationship. So yeah, Don Papai is a beautiful character, he's open, uh, he's very active in the community and it's absolutely amazing what you've done for the community so far and your reign is ending soon and you're going to try yes. to go for International Mr. Letter in May of 2022 in Chicago. Is this your first time in Chicago at the International Mr. Letter? First time in Chicago. Yeah, first time in Chicago, first time International Mr. Letter. I followed the, the last editions. I do have a book here with all the, the champions from Mr. Letter. And I've been studying the, the event for quite some time because I, I do like, I want to, to win, of course, but also because I really like this this community and I'm eager to, to be a part of the international Mr. Ladder community as well. Um, from now on, I, I, since I, I won my my banner, uh, my sash, I just stayed in Brazil because I stayed like for four months with the banner and then COVID came and mm. just screwed my, my, my plans, not in a good way. And so it's going to be the first time I'm going to I'm going to go abroad with my sash. Yeah. And it's going to be such a, a fun, a fun experience for me. Do you know any other participants for the election next year? Uh, no. Is there all, already like no. a group thing going it's, on? Uh, it's it's every, everything. It's so it's so. Uh, we don't have many many information right now. We're still looking for that final confirmation that mm. events going to happen. We don't know how Omicron is going to. To, Effect. to evolve from now on so everything is really really uh, it's really confused right now and i'm not i'm trying not to to focus much on that so i uh, don't get nervous and don't get my my expectations high because i, I know it can be hard if and i know i know there is a possibility of not happening again so i'm still waiting for for uh the the information from IML and from uh, from the organizers, and of course, I will understand any decisions that they make. But still, I I'm looking forward for the confirmation, the final confirmation. Yeah, well, I want to wish you the best of luck in International Thank Mr. You. Letter 2022. If it's going to happen, of course, I will follow it on the foot. I have one last question. A lot of our viewers yep. are either young or interested into fetish and kink. Uh, well, a couple of them have has reached out to me, and they want to learn more about the fetish and kink community. What advice would you give to people that are starting to explore the fetishes and kinks? It's like, look out for this, do this. Yeah, yeah. Have in mind that you are dealing with people, and people can be either really good or really bad or in between. So. Be prepared for the good stuff and for the bad stuff. Um, know your limits before you start anything. Know where you want to go and uh, always 
have in mind that you can stop whatever you want whenever you want. Uh, you are not obligated to do anything, either if you are a dom or, or a bottom or a sub or a puppy or uh, just a leatherman. And if it's not fun, don't do it. Don't do it. Just do things that make you happy. Don't do anything that makes you unhappy. And be sure to to be strong as well. And don't really worry about what other people think about you, but more on if you are safe or not. Especially if you are in countries like Brazil, like mm-hmm. where I am. Uh, always be safe. Feel safe and try to 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 have a support group especially if you trust a friend or if you trust a family always make sure everyone knows where you are and who you are with and and make sure you are safe everywhere you go yeah i think the most important is feel comfortable in your own skin like you said know your limits um don't cross them right away you know it's never bad to ex- try to expand those limits but keep them uh, within your comfort comfortability zone if you step out of that yeah. you won't enjoy I, it that's how this, this might know as this might might pass as a, a strong answer but it's really important for us to repeat that now of course you have to be safe you have to have fun and you have to to make you have to be sure you can stop anything you want at any time. Um, other than that, be safe with prep and enjoy yourself. Know your limits. Be self. Be safe with condoms. Be safe with drugs as well. Um, if you are going to uh, to use anything, know that BDSM and drugs are not really best friends. <laughs> you have to. No. <laughs> You have to be with a, a clean mind to to know your partner's limits and also try things by yourself as well. It's really fun. I I recommend it. Yeah, I can highly advise. You know, if you have a fetish or kink for a certain type of gear or clothing, just go to a store that uh, provides it. You know, in the net in. In the Netherlands, currently we're in lockdown, but when everything is open up and you want to know some stuff or want to try some stuff, go to the stores because the people that work there are experienced. They have a lot of stuff that they can tell you about. You might even discover some new fetishes or kinks that you have. Um, Of course, in the Netherlands, we have a couple of stores in Amsterdam, Mr. B, Rob, uh, just to name a few. So for the people that are in Brazil, you named a store in Belo Horizonte. What's the name of it? Tuft Squad. But we also have um, uh, we have others here like No Escape. You can go online. All, all of those online. Also, Mr. Daddy, which is one brand that always sponsor me. I don't know why. Maybe they think the name is the same. Papai, Daddy. <laughs> oh, I don't know. <laughs> And LT Leather as well. We do have in Sao Paulo one great uh, artisan here uh, that is called Dia. She's on the on the Galeria do Rock here. Who comes to Sao Paulo can look for Lia in Galeria do Rock. She makes 
customized leather clothes, which are the ones that everyone uses in Brazil. And also the, the sex shops as well in Brazil, they are really huge here. You can go there and look up for things as well. All right. Gabriel, Dom Papai, I want to thank you very much for your time and for your for your sharing your stories, your expertise about the community in Brazil. I've learned a lot, so thank you so much. Um, where can people find you? Of course, there's the Instagram, at Dompapai. Are there any social media that you have? Um, Twitter? Well, I, I do have Twitter, but I don't use it a lot. It's also Dompapai, at Dompapai. At Dompapai. Instagram is the one that I use the most. Instagram. Okay, so you can find him at Dom Papai. And do you have anything to promote for the community, for Just yourself? For you, you. <laughs> Sorry? Just all my love from you. Oh. All my, my love for, for Amsterdam as well, for the Netherlands, and all the community there is just my, my dearest friends. And everyone here in Brazil that supports me as well, all my friends, all my community here. And I do have to promote that uh, I hope we have a 2022 much better than 2021. And we can be together again pretty soon. And get vaccinated. Get People get vaccinated, especially in the Netherlands right now. There's the booster shot campaign. Um, Today's the 28th of December and people starting in 93 and sorry, 83, 84 can make an appointment. So if you are born in those years or before, make an appointment online. And if not, you have to wait for a little week and then you can make an appointment as well. If everyone is getting vaccinated, the Omicron variant will most likely disappear from the Netherlands and the sooner everything will be open again. And hopefully I can receive you in the beautiful country of the Netherlands again soon. Maybe during Pride, if it will continue this year. Yay. Okay. I hope to see you there too. Of course. <laughs> okay. Thank you very much.